Kia ora and welcome to Consume This. It's a fortnightly podcast telling human stories from across Aotearoa. I'm Sophie Richardson and sitting across from me is my co-host John Duffy. Hello. Last week, totally unexpectedly, I bought a worm farm. This is a story about how Instagram made me do it. All right, okay. We need to kind of sort this out a little bit. So how did we get here? Where, where does your story start? I was standing at the bus stop on Lambton Quay, a bit bored, waiting for my bus. Got out my phone, as you do, and started scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, as I was scrolling, this um, ad popped up for this company called Why Waste. It had like an ad of a woman putting her food scraps in a green bin. Was there an ad at the bus stop? Probably. Do you remember it? Mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> Who's paying for bus stop advertising? <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Back to your story. Um, so it was like a swipe up type link within uh, Instagram telling me how they offered actually worm farm subscriptions. So I didn't even have to buy the worm farm. Has the bus arrived at this point? Uh, What's our journey here? Are you still standing at the bus stop or are we? I would have been waiting at the bus stop for like 10, 15 minutes. Well, you're in Wellington, so the bus wouldn't have come and then it yeah, would have been cancelled. Yeah, ghost then, bus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was on this schedule. Is like the and then bus that was scheduled to arrive. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. In the meantime, I did actually text my mum a link to it. Oh, this sounds kind of cool. You might be into this. And she then replied, being like, I don't know why you're sending this to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. Then. How did you get this number? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got off the bus and I saw Callum my partner and I started telling him about this worm farm thing and I was like hey do you want a worm farm because they said did you say that to him without any other context yeah pretty much first thing straight up yeah I was like hey how was your day do you want to buy a worm farm (laughs) and did he understand what that really means no he did not yeah tell him (laughs) come on man (laughs) he was like what are you what what and then because I make most of the household purchasing decisions, I just went ahead and subscribed to it. Um, How long do you think that purchasing journey took? It was probably like an hour, maybe. Okay. So that's not a, you know, you've spent some time, you've gathered information. Yeah. You've mulled it over personally. Yeah. I mean, it was integrated in the sense that I just had to like, swipe up from the link and go through the website and make a few clicks and then I was basically subscribed. And Had you subscribed before you talked to Callum? No. Hmm. It's a really interesting story, but the question that I have is, without Instagram, did you know that you needed a worm farm or did you need Mark Zuckerberg to tell you? I guess the simple answer is no. Like, I didn't know I wanted a worm farm, and no, I wouldn't have purchased one had it not been promoted to me. A few years ago, Instagram was just a photo-sharing app, right? You couldn't purchase things through it. No. Um, Now it's my main source of advertising. Yeah, and and you're mainlining it, and Mm -hmm. you're you're on board with it, I take it, from what your face is telling me right now, that (laughs) you're at peace with the fact that what's filling up your feed might be partially what you're interested in, but also you're being advertised to. Yeah. I guess I kind of feel like I've subscribed to that. Like I've chosen to be advertised to, and I've been like, well, I guess I get to make that choice on Instagram because I know who I follow and I get to pick things. And so I know that I will be advertised to on there, whereas there's other 
platforms where I find the advertising more obtrusive. Intrusive. Intrusive. So I guess that's what we're going to do this week, Soph. We're going to look at how you got targeted by Instagram and how a simple photo sharing app has turned into a massive shopping platform. And, and that's by design. So the CEO of Instagram said that he wants to turn Instagram into a, a site for window shopping. This is Michael Dobbs. As you can hear, he's originally from Indiana in the USA, but he's also lived and worked extensively in Canada. These days, he's based in Wellington, where he's a senior lecturer in media and communications at Victoria University. He particularly focuses on social media and transactional culture. Basically, that's how social media is used to get us to buy more stuff. And has worked really hard to do that sort of thing. So the specialness, I guess, of what we're talking about now is the way that targeted ads are blended into your Instagram newsfeed. They kind of look like other Instagram posts. So when you're scrolling mindlessly through Instagram while you're on the bus, you have like, oh, stupid friend post, oh, dog post, oh, advertisement. That just blends in with everything else. It integrates itself into our standard time-killing activities. So it naturalizes the ads in a way. The key for me is that Michael is talking about targeted ads. Instagram and its parent company Facebook know a ton of information about us, which advertisers can then use to target their marketing towards the people most likely to be receptive to it. But what exactly does Instagram know about Sophie? I hopped on her page to find out. Um, We'll keep scrolling through and we've got... Be Awareness Month NZ. <laughs> Closer to Wormy. Yes, you yeah. Know, that's, in, uh, insects or big in, bugs. Um, <laughs> House of Fungi. 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 You're following the Green Party, I know. <laughs> Just scrolling past. Yeah. We're building a picture of an eco-conscious animal fancier. I will formulate the hypothesis that therefore is potentially interested in acquiring a worm farm and or worm farm services. Yeah, I reckon the picture that you've just painted of me as animal-loving green goddess suggests worm farm adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to find out if this is how Waste, the worm farm company, managed to reach Sophie by placing super-targeted ads that took advantage of everything Instagram knows about her. To do that, I reached out to founder and CEO Leo Murray. But before we got into talking about her, I had to ask, I mean, what's so cool about a worm farm? We send a lot of waste to landfill, right? So we'll start there. About half of what we send to landfill is biodegradable. So it means it's sort of from the earth and it can go back to the earth fairly straightforward through various different sort of processes. You can ferment it, you can break it down with microbes, or you can feed it to, you know, Worms, and worms are actually really effective. A worm can eat its own weight a day. Instead of sort of sending our rubbish to an away place, we can transform it, take it from this waste into a resource, a really valuable resource. So it's kind of, we've got the soil issue in New Zealand, we've got a climate issue going on, and when biodegradable waste breaks down in a landfill, it produces methane, which is 30 times worse than carbon dioxide. So just simply keeping our waste out of those systems was a win. Now, this bit I'm particularly interested in. Leo was very clear that you didn't buy the worm farm. You're hiring the services of the worms. Why did subscribing as a service appeal to you more than going out and actually buying your own worm farm? Because it was convenient. 
because someone else took care of the maintenance side of things because I didn't have to source the worms. They just turned up and all I had to do was give them my food scraps. So according to Leo, you're not alone in your preference for renting and for probably the same reasons as many others. He did actually start out trying to sell them. Oh. But I wasn't having much success. And around that time, there was products becoming services. And then within that, it also encourages quality over quantity. If I'm offering a product as a service, I'm much more likely to invest in a quality product that I'm able to be the steward of, the kaitiaki of that worm farm and that population for a longer period of time. The worm farm. I'm going to jump in here. You meant to be finding out how they targeted me on Instagram, John. But it sounds more like he's trying to rent you a worm farm too. Yeah, look, he actually made a great case for it. And I'm kind of considering it. Yes, it'll be my fourth sale. Well, I'm (laughs) actually genuinely talking to my wife about it because we already have a composting system that's working pretty well. (laughs) Uh, But I have to admit, worm farms sound kind of amazing. Yeah, they're great. Um, I do kind of feel like I'm turning into a worm fluencer. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, back to the point. We're supposed to be figuring out how Instagram made me buy the worm farm. Did you even ask anything about that to Leo? Of course I did. I'm a professional. We're getting there. But first, I wanted, naturally, to dig a bit more broadly into how and why they prioritise Instagram marketing. Okay, so we'll start at the registration form. We do have that question, how did you hear about us? Mm -hmm. And more and more answers are coming back and it's saying Instagram. So there's a pretty, like, strong feedback loop saying that that's where a lot of our, our market is. Yeah, cool. There is a strong visual element to why waste even though like you might not think so with like worms and rubbish i think there's really something so real about turning rubbish into soil into food that people really get maybe is a some honest relief to some of the more contrived content that they might be seeing it's only really been recently that we've started to kind of leverage it to drive our membership So up to this point, Leo is basically saying that a lot of his Instagram following grew organically. That's cool, but that's not how you came across them, right? No. I think, Sophie, that conversion would have happened from our first ever paid Instagram campaign, which I'm stoked about. So everything that I kind of say doesn't come from like a a polished marketing angle, but it, it was very intentional what we were trying to do, yeah. So we use Instagram and Facebook here at Consumer all the time, right? They're, yeah. They're awesome channels for us, and we get huge amount of engagement with our audiences yeah. through them. But, you know, I do always feel a bit uneasy with the big tech infrastructure that sits in behind them, that it may not be the right fit for an organization like ours. Mm. That's not a view that Leo particularly shares. Yeah. There are some things that keep me up in the middle of the night, and... This isn't one of them. Uh, like, there is a, a strong concern around how the information that we all receive is mediated by algorithms. That freaks me out because mm. it's polarizing our societies because we're unable to achieve a consensus on anything. But I see it as part of a a pattern where this kind of industrial growth society and you know whatever's happening with capitalism like ramping up and everything's so exponential that it doesn't really seem to come as like any kind of great surprise that these patterns are starting to emerge and Mm. and we're all inherently hooked into them might as well just get on board well get on board but introduce a different way of interacting with it 
because our key message is hey like there's this thing out there it's called life let's participate in it instead of kind of being obsessed with ourselves the whole time all right well that's an interesting take so he's basically saying he knows social media can be toxic but in his view he's harnessing its power for good i think that's basically it (laughs) Leo's pretty comfortable with the way he uses Instagram for marketing because it's, in his mind, for the greater good. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the feeling I got when I purchased the item. Was like, yeah, I know that Instagram's targeting me, but the product I got was ultimately beneficial. So I'm not mad. You know, we have sort of identified like who it is that we're trying to reach. We might have created an audience that we would say call eco literate young professionals they might display consumer behavior that may or may not be considered sort of ethical or responsible and i'd say instagram would have somehow connected this demographic that we've created up with sophie to me yeah i suppose that sounds like a pretty successful marketing offering that kind of sums up what we thought right like it was just the, all the things I've liked, all the people I associate with, turn me into wormfluencer Sophie Richardson. So based on the fact that you signed up for the worm farm, how would Leo, who's never met you, but has been through your rubbish, describe you? Ooh, creepy. Maybe she rides a bike? Nope. Maybe she's like, wouldn't mind owning an electric car. Maybe she makes an effort and buys a bamboo toothbrush. I do have but a bamboo toothbrush. the things that... I would take a punt on is more like what's her ecological literacy beyond the her consumer choices we can all be sitting at the supermarket and be like oh there's the the premium version and then there's the budget version and then there's the eco version i'm going to buy that because i identify as a eco person what i would love to know about sophie and about the people that i'm that are attracted to what we're doing is are you able to really zoom out and see the systemic context of the bamboo toothbrush and the EV and the broader issues around like our separation from nature. I think he got that pretty close, Sophie. Yeah, not bad. So sounds like our theory was right. It was hyper-targeting and Instagram knows a weirdly creepy amount about me. So question answered, podcast wrap, roll credits, all done. Where, yeah, mm, yes, except that's not quite the whole story. See, Leo said he couldn't be sure exactly which targeting your specific ad was using. So producer Tom gave his marketing manager Tara a call, and she told us that the specific ad you clicked on was just targeted at the whole of Wellington. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest. That's less targeting than I had anticipated. I thought I was the victim of some sort of sophisticated micro-targeting by Instagram and some algorithms in a black box and ones and zeros, but maybe Instagram doesn't know more about my deepest desires for worm farms than I do. So clearly our original theory that you were hyper-targeted by these worm farm peddlers uh, <laughs> was incorrect, and mm. they put out a really general ad, and they and you were, there's a degree of serendipity here, perhaps. Yeah. Or is there something going on behind the scenes that's super advanced that Instagram can do that no one else can do? So that's a good question. Remember this guy from the start of the show? It's Michael Dorbs, our resident social shopping expert from Victoria University. The algorithms that they use to display ads to us are proprietary. 
their their secret. They so don't, we don't actually know. No, for we, sure. We know it has something to do again with our our search history, with our interactions, what the people we uh, follow or our friends on these platforms do as well. Information collected from other sites. So there are these little bits of code called application programming interfaces that can be integrated on other websites that feed data back to Facebook, Instagram. Uh, all of this gets aggregated. Like cookies or different cookies. Um, different from cookies, but but kind of related. So if you ever go to a website and you see something that, like, you know, share this on Twitter or you can like this website, like Facebook like this website and it'll show up on your Facebook account, that's mm-hmm. that's an application programming interface. Right. But all of that data is collected and sent back to Facebook. Wow. Everyone does it. All the major platforms like Google has APIs that you can use. Twitter has APIs that you can use. So all of these tech giants are basically sucking up all of the data that we generate from just our standard day-to-day interactions and then using them for profit. And that profit usually comes in the form of targeted advertising. Well, you know, that brings us nicely to what we're trying to figure out here. And that is how Instagram managed to sell Sophie the worm farm that she bought. So we found out that the ad she saw wasn't wasn't hyper-targeted by the company. But yeah, we're really kind of interested to know what Instagram's doing to convince us to buy stuff we may not actually want. And I know in Sophie's case, it turned out you did want this. Mm. But or did, did you know you wanted it when you opened Instagram that day? I mean, I didn't go looking for a worm farm, uh-huh. so no. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know you needed it. No, until it was in, put in front of me as an option. And then I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. I'll go and have a look at that. So how does that work? Like, uh, I mean, you've already talked a little bit about, you know, Instagram's hoovering up your interests and what you're looking at and things like that. But is there anything... We're missing here the, the missing piece of the puzzle that's pulled Sophie out of the crowd. I I, I wish I knew. I have so many questions about this worm farm, but um, <laughs> but let's let's fire away. Let's, away. <laughs> let's try to answer that for that other question first. Yeah. Um, so I, well, I'm going to answer a question with a question. Do you garden? Do you talk about gardening or plants online? No, I mean I have house plants, but I don't particularly talk about them. <laughs> no, you don't talk about it. Do you have high electricity consumption? Oh, yeah, for my hydroponics. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, police, if you're listening, that's not true. Um, no. Uh, uh, yeah, not a big gardener. Don't actually like insects, generally. <laughs> um, uh, weirdly, worms are the only ones that I think are, like, kind of cute. Um, all other insects terrify me. <laughs> okay. Um, not that I've been following any worm pages. <laughs> <laughs> But from what you said before, it's not necessarily um, just Instagram, right? This isn't platform exclusive. So have you been talking about worms on Facebook? Have you been messaging anybody saying, have a disproportionately large amount of organic waste in my house that I need need help dispatching? (laughs) No, no. I mean, yeah, no, Um, definitely not. The only... I mean, I definitely would have been talking to people, not online, but to my partner about composting. But um, it was too much work. So basically, I'm lazy and I don't so want to do it. So you're going to hire some worms to do the work yeah. for you. <laughs> basically. Yeah. All right. So, so the difficult answer to that question is we don't really know what might have gotten to that point. But it could be maybe um, one of the people in her friend network posted as well. One of the things that these sites will do as they aggregate data is not only look at what friends of friends say in order to determine your interests, but will also look at physical proximity through GPS uh, location of devices. So um, an example of this is um, 
we had a party at our house and uh, our friends were doing Dry July, so they brought non-alcoholic gin, you know, flavored water. Uh, and we kept talking about how silly non-alcoholic gin was. And the very next day, I got an ad in Facebook for non-alcoholic gin. Now, I didn't search it. I didn't do anything for it. And what it more than likely happened was that our friends who brought it Google searched for it, maybe got some ads of, on Facebook or another site of their own. And then when our phones were in physical proximity, they said, okay, you're friends, you're gathering together, you probably have the same interests, they just bought this, so you're probably interested in it too. Mm. Like so, the toothpaste guy. Yeah, mm. exactly, right? So there are all sorts of reasons why that ad could have come to you and we might never know. But the kinds of systems that the social networks have in place are incredibly accurate. Um, there's one scholar named uh, Zenip Tufeci who says that with 80 to 90% accuracy, just based upon your Facebook likes, so posts that you like on Facebook, Facebook can determine um, you know, rather banal things like your age group, your gender, your income, but also things like your sexual orientation, if your parents are divorced, if you're addicted to an illegal substance, wow. which is a huge amount of detail from a fairly small subset of data. Mm-hmm. And once you start thinking about how that data is aggregated, aggregated across different sites and the kinds of things that you engage in, say, like, favorite, tweet, retweet, post... That's a huge amount of data that can be used to make assumptions about your interests. And somewhere along the way, Worm Farm was <laughs> was number one for you. Well, look, I'm, I'm really interested in that targeting. I mean, we, we've how comfortable are we with this type of micro-targeting? I, I am highly uncomfortable with it, which is why I no longer have a Facebook account. But uh, in general, the people are pretty okay with it. Mm. I don't want to say indifferent. There's an awareness that this kind of targeting is going on. But there's also, what's the big deal if I see an ad for things that I'm interested in? Doesn't that help me? Mm. Uh, And one of my students back in Canada one time, um, which I'm still trying to recover from, said in the middle of a class on this very topic, oh, thank God Facebook has targeted ads because otherwise how would I know what shoes to buy? And that's, (laughs) I mean, that was the moment when I knew I clearly failed as a teacher. But... um, (laughs) Contracting out your free will? Yes, yeah. basically, yes. So, you know, the highest bidder will, will get her shoe money, apparently. But um, I still remember her name. I'm not going to say it, but it's just so ingrained in my memory. But um, Rebecca, you know who you are. <laughs> I would, it would have been amazing if her name were Rebecca. Um, but but you know in those situations it's not terrible so she's spending her money maybe a little frivolously but when you can target people's interests so carefully you can there's a, there's a term for it you can nudge people mm-hmm. so, so kind of broadly speaking how has instagram changed the way we shop how have they integrated the experience such that sophie was happy to click purchase on this particular advert that came onto her feed yeah, so this all has to do with the idea of friction, which sounds really exciting, but it's is not, I promise <laughs> you. Um, once Instagram established itself as a store window, as a shopping site where people would go to learn about trends and what they should buy, what made it really effective as a platform where you can purchase things was the fact that you can do everything within the app itself. So before, you might have seen an ad on Instagram, but then you had to go out to your a web browser or to a store app search for the item and purchase it. And there are all these steps in the way. But now with shoppable ads, you can click on something in Instagram. You can get an instant price point, order it from within Instagram, have it paid for within Instagram. 
and then sent to you, and then you're on to the next post within seconds, right? So that idea of, of removing frictions, of removing any sort of detriment between the I want this to the I bought this is what makes Instagram really effective and other sites as well. So what platforms are trying to do is remove as much friction as possible. And this is, again, not a new idea, right? So I mean, payment systems have been moving towards frictionlessness or as close as possible for a really long time. So cash, really slow. Um, credit cards, then you had the carbon copy machine and then you had to insert your card and put in a pin and now it's just a tap with PayWave, right? So the idea is just make that purchase as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. And it gives you less time as a consumer to think about what you're doing. Um, and Instagram, again, you don't have to leave the app. A transaction can be done in seconds. So you can go from not even knowing a product existed to it being on your doorstep, or at least on the way to your doorstep, again, in, in just a few seconds. So, Michael, we've had a really interesting conversation about Sophie and her worm farm purchase. If you were going to summarize how a person went from not knowing they wanted a worm farm to picking their phone up and purchasing a worm farm, probably in very short order. Tell us how it happened. All right. So you have a a system that knows a lot more about you, Sophie, than you think it does. Uh, It displayed an ad to you that nudged you uh, and inspired you to want a worm farm uh, and then made it incredibly easy for you to say, I want this to ordering it by removing all the frictions, right? So I have questions again, but like, do you save payment information in Instagram? Do you have a credit card saved or did you have to enter your credit card information? I don't think so because I got, it was like a click through. I went to their website and I'm pretty sure I entered the credit card details through their website. Okay. Yeah, because it's like a subscription. So I subscribe to Worms. She really wanted, she was willing to go through a mild amount of friction to to get that. Yes, I was. So it wasn't like, it wasn't in there like I, positive I, friction. It wasn't in like the shop. It was like a, a click through ad, like a swipe up. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I'm actually more confused now, but um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, that you went through all that and, and still got it, but it probably has great benefits that I am unaware of. <laughs> well, we haven't it, actually clarified this. You're loving your worm farm, right? I love my worm farm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like, it takes like, way more food scraps than I anticipated it taking and so I didn't have to put out my council bag this week. So Sophie, we started this episode off trying to work out how Instagram had convinced you to buy a worm farm. Actually, more accurately, to buy these services of worms. Yes. Do you think we've worked it out? I mean, yes and no. I, I guess we figured out that it wasn't hyper-targeting by Leo and Why Waste, but we don't really know what's in the black box of Instagram. We know that it's probably had some influence on how Leo came to find me, but we don't exactly know what. And we can make assumptions about that based on my weird following habits, but um, we don't know for sure. But what we do know is they got it right. Yeah. You know, from an advertiser's perspective, they nailed it. Yeah. Gold. <laughs> Purchase of gold. Good on you, Instagram. Really proud of you. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> That's it for this week. You've been listening to Consume This. Thanks for heading down the wormhole with us. Consume This is brought to you by Consumer NZ and hosted by me, Sophie Richardson, and my co-host, John Duffy, and produced by Tom Ray smith Thanks to this week's guest, Mr. Worm Farm himself, Leo Murray. 
and the University of Wellington's resident social shopping expert, Michael Dobbs. And a special shout out to the thousand or so pet worms in my garden. There's Hemi and Penny and John. Just kidding, I haven't got around to naming them all yet. You can get in touch with us with name suggestions for the worms via podcasts at consumer.org.nz. Hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app now. Kakite. See ya. Hello, I'm Abby Darman and I work in the campaigns team at Consumer New Zealand. I want to tell you about some of the exciting work we're doing here at Consumer New Zealand. Right now, literally, as we speak, we're working really hard to keep big businesses and our lawmakers in check. So we're currently engaged in taking on unfair retirement village contracts, misleading supermarket pricing and dodgy green claims. To keep up this good work, we need to raise $50,000 before the 24th of September. So please, if you can, help us to help others by heading to consumer.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks so much.